This is the Action Network Podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another golf edition of the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm Jason Sobel. She's Amanda Rose in for Justin Ray once again. New daddy Justin Ray will be back next week. We can't wait to get into everything for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial, one of my favorite golf courses on the PGA Tour, and I think one of the more predictive golf courses as well. So I think we can figure out some players uh, that we like this week. It fits a, a specific kind of player, of course. Lots to talk about from this past weekend. What a weekend. Brooks rolled his eyes at Bryson. Oh, oh and, and Phil won the PGA Championship. What's going that's on, Amanda? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's important. We'll talk a little bit about the Brooks-Bryson thing that's taking over the world right now. But uh, let's, let's talk about what happened on the golf course a little bit. Uh, I was out there. It, it was just, it's awesome to see Phil do this. I, mm. I can't say enough good things about Phil. And I look, if you're not a Phil fan, you're not a Phil fan. That's fine. I'm not going to try to change your mind or anything. I can just tell you from being on this job for a long time that there's not a player that I relish the opportunity to speak with just, you know, kind of walking through a player parking lot or running into in the locker room for 10, 15 minutes and talk about anything besides golf uh, than Phil Mickelson. Phil is a gem um for those who didn't see it, i tweeted it out right after it happened and, uh, i don't know phil phil doesn't seem to get too mad about anything I'm, I'm sure he was okay with it in fact i think he liked the tweet but in any case he like right afterwards i he, he did a couple of interviews it was five minutes after his win and i see him and i kind of went up to like give him a little fist bump to say hey congrats and he looks at me like comes in for the big bro hug and he's like big smile on his face he goes man i hope you got a little payout from that <laughs> I know how you roll. And I was like, ah, my God. I, I, I didn't have the heart in, in to tell him at that moment, Amanda. No, I, I actually had Mark Leishman as my, uh, my favorite play on the pod last week. He missed the cut. Uh, Daniel Berger, boy, he was terrible. Uh, I know. 79, Victor Hobb. I, I, I feared that wasn't like the most opportune moment to uh, run through my no. picks with, with Phil Mickels. And uh, somehow, and apologies to everybody out there. Uh, we like to... Give you good advice. We like to help you make uh, make some strong picks every week. We like to help you earn some money. We did not mention Phil Mickelson's name somehow last weekend. Uh, we also didn't mention Brooks or Louis Oosthuizen. I mean, yeah. who would have expected the the Sunday, the Saturday Sunday that we had? I mean, okay, you do kind of expect Louis to be up there. He always plays well at the Masters. He's just a good player. And then Brooks with his knee injury. Like that was probably the biggest shock of all. I mean, he really is like he, he, he turns on turbo power or something as soon as he gets to a major, it's, it's incredible. And then Phil winning. I mean, it was, it really wasn't even close on Sunday. I mean, Phil never will really looked like he was going to lose it. I think at one point Brooks was up by one, but yeah, first Phil hole, just, very first hole yeah. Phil goes in leading by one. Phil makes bogey on a hole that was yielding a ton of birdies, more birdies yeah. than they had uh, the entire week. Brooks or uh, Phil makes bogey. Brooks makes birdie. All of a sudden that flips and Brooks goes up one. You're like, all right, here we go again. We're yeah. waiting for this from Phil. And the key for Phil Mickelson, we can talk about, okay, still got the driving distance after all these years, but really distance on the longest golf course, of major championship history. 
distance didn't really matter a whole lot. Mm-hmm. It was fast. It was firm. The ball rolled out. He was hitting two wood off the tee for the most part. He wasn't even hitting driver that often. Uh, the most important thing for Phil was his focus. He's talked about it over and over again for the last few months. The fact that he's trying to maintain focus and he's been losing focus over certain golf shots at times on Saturday, we saw him miss a short putt on 11 would have moved him to six under for the round through 11 holes, missed a short one for birdie on the par five, got loose with the swing on 12, got loose with the swing on 13, hitting one into the water. Mm -hmm. And he said afterwards, that's kind of where I lost my focus. That's, that's what I've been doing. And that's what I'm trying not to do. He's been meditating. He's been working on like uh, the spiritual side of the game, which I I think is really cool. I I think people need to know that Phil Mickelson didn't just show up this past week and say, Hey, let's, you know, free roll it and see what we can do. And maybe we'll win a major. Phil has been working so hard on like literally every single aspect from, uh, from his swing to his short game, to his putting, to the, the, the mental side of things, to the physiological side of things that this was no accident that Phil Mickelson went out and won. And by the way, after finishing in 69th place, the Wells Fargo championship a couple of weeks ago, Phil turned to his brother, Tim, who of course is caddy as well, Amanda, and said, I'm going to win really soon. And Tim's like, yeah, dude, let's like get into contention first. And Phil's like, no, 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 I'm going to win. And so there it is. He won. There you go. I love it. I love, I love the insanity, man. It's, it's, it's fun. And I do. I genuinely mean that. I mean, only an insane person would say that after tying for 69th when they're 50 years old and playing on the champions tour. So um, I love it. I think that's amazing. It just, it just shows what an awesome game golf is. You know, this is something we can share with, um, our family and friends forever and and there's no age limit and that that's the really cool thing about the game and I think 20, he exemplified that a 23 year old won the PGA championship last year a 50 year old won mm-hmm. this year I did a couple of radio interviews uh, on my drive back from Q uh, home on Monday afternoon and, and a couple of people asked the question like hey is it a in some way is it a bad thing for the game that a 50 year old can go out and win one of the biggest golf tournaments I said you know what it would be a bad thing if 50 year olds were winning every tournament. And like, we're looking at the 23, 24, 25 year olds and saying, these guys are terrible. These guys can't beat the guys that have been out here forever, but yeah. that's obviously not the case. We have so many really good young players. So if every once in a while, an older statesman uh, goes out there and wins a major championship, which really it hasn't happened before. Julius Boros, by the way, you go look at picture yeah. of Julius Boros when he won in 1968, when he was 48 years old. Compare him to Phil. Julius Boros looked like he was 112. Nah. And so the the fact that, uh, that Phil, I mean, he's 50, but yes, he, he he can still hit it far. He can still the short game still amazing. Um, so really happy for him. And uh, and he's in the best course, shape of his life right now. I mean, really is. you it, look at you know he's not as skinny as he was you know in 2019 when he did the the weird diet thing and mm-hmm. was just like bone. But I mean, he looks great. He's He's fit. He's swinging well. I mean, he's one of those players that really, not that I'm aware of, has ever really been plagued with injuries. Like, you look at Tiger, his whole career, he's had injuries. Um, Brooks, he's had injuries. Like, you look at the guys that work really hard in the gym, and these guys have a lot of injuries. Phil has not had those injuries throughout his career, and I wonder if that has helped his longevity longevity and his ability to to, to continue to compete. Because Bernhard Langer's the same way. I don't know if he goes like, maybe he does stretches, but he's not bulking up in the gym. And he's one of those players that 
has really like avoided injury well and has been able to just keep doing his thing for so long. And Freddie Couples is another one. I mean, I know he has wrist issues, but for a while he was doing the same thing. Like just every week was just consistent. He was healthy and or no, he has the back issues. Never mind. Yeah, I take that Freddie, back. Freddie's, Freddie's whole career has been plagued by injury. Bert, I, I Bert, take all that back. Bernard's <laughs> like the stretchiest dude out there. If you ever see him working out before around, I mean, he is like super flexible. That's what's helped him. Phil had the arthritis issue, which really uh, oh, that's right. him for lack of a better term for a long time. But uh, he figured that out. He went on some commercials. He told everybody else, take these pills. They'll help you out. <laughs> In some ways, you're right, Amanda. I, I feel like this was a four-day coffee advertisement. It was uh, that we're all like, you know, it, like Monday morning, I guarantee. And, you know, it's actually probably a pretty good story, but I bet Phil's coffee company was inundated with orders on Monday morning. I saw a lot of people on social media saying like, all right, I get it. I'm going to go try that coffee now and see what it does for me. So yeah, uh, no, I, happy for Phil. Um, it, it, and again, uh, we were not on Phil on the podcast last week. Apologies. I, I don't you, know what to you, tell you guys. It, it's you some sold point, him on the gimme, right? You sold him when we did the wheel, right? Because you landed on Phil, and I think you sold Phil. I, it, very possible, yeah. <laughs> I, I believe it. I don't remember yeah. it. I believe it. it was, that week was a blur, but... I know. Um, yeah, no, I, I thought that... Uh, look, it, you look at his stats. Uh, strokes gained everything was way down. This is a guy who, mm-hmm. three months earlier... Amanda, he played in a PGA Tour Champions event in Tucson where he's played some golf before <laughs> and played well before. He finished in a share of 20th place, losing by 11 to Kevin Sutherland. Not exactly like, oh, man, that dude's ready to go win a major. Yeah. So, and by the way, that's a good reminder for everyone out there who's got a buddy who's 48 years old they know a guy at the club who goes ah i can't wait you know i'm a scratch player two years i'm going to senior tour yeah really phil mickelson finished 20th on the senior tour a couple of months ago you really, you, you're a scratch player you're, you're gonna go play with those guys out there good good luck yeah good luck with the four spots a year the four cards yes. a year they give out like, you think will zalatoris not getting into the playoffs is bad think about these, these how many guys can't even get on the champions tour and another thing one last thing about phil did you see the text that his mom sent to his sister tina in the no, middle of I the didn't. round. Let me, I, I got to find it, but it was, um, so Phil's mom texted Phil's sister, Tina. He said, mm-hmm. Tina, text Philip and tell him just to par in. Don't hit <laughs> bombs or activate calves, just par. They will have to catch him. He won't listen to his mother. You text him, hurry. And then she says, I'll text him. He's the only one Phil is listening to today. How great is that? That's so good. That's so good. And no way, activating calves or hitting bombs. It's, it's fantastic. And, and oh, by the way, this one, I think in the minds of the public and the minds of us and the media, like this is going to be a special one for Phil because mm-hmm. he was 50 years old and he won uh, as the oldest uh, major champion ever. And we didn't think he would do it again. And that's why it's going to be so special. My guess is that when Phil looks back on this 10, 15, 20 years from now, and uh, heck, when he looks back on it right now, a a day or two later, uh, he is going to believe this is more special, not because of his age or not because of his recent form coming into this. And he was able to flip that around, but because his brother, Tim, was on the bag in four years. um, They've won a couple times together, but hadn't even contended in a major championship. And that's pretty cool. I mean, think about uh, for everyone out there who has a sibling, think about mm-hmm. reaching the pinnacle of your career success, 
with your sibling right alongside you and being able to embrace them in a, a big bear hug after it was over. I, I, I just think that was really cool. And I think that when, when Phil remembers this, he's going to remember it more for sharing it with Tim than just, Hey, I won and I beat all those guys. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, yeah, th- this, I remember on Saturday thinking this is going to be my like adult version of Turnberry, right? Oh, nine. I was like 13, 14. And oh I remember God. that. And it was so exciting. Like this old man is out there playing and, and, and now this is our, ver- this is kind of the, the victor's version of it in a way, like Phil ended up winning and it, it just makes a great story. And it's just not a weekend. I'll forget. Jeez. Oh, nine. I was 59. I, I went to grade school with Tom Watson. Yeah, you did. I'm sure you did. God, you were young. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, the other big news of the past 24 hours. Brooks has rolled his eyes at Bryson. So all right, good. So everyone's seen the video now. It's gone completely viral. Went viral on Monday evening. Uh, all right, a couple of things from my perspective. So during the week, I was doing PGA Championship Radio on Sirius XM. I, I was in charge for the most most part during the day of doing – uh, live post-round interviews with a lot of the players who are coming off the golf course. So our setup, it was kind of like ESPN, then Sirius, and then Golf Channel was like kind of off to the side a little bit. But between like the the ESPN crew and my crew, which is two of us, you know, it's like ESPN, uh, talent producer, us, no talent producer, them, Todd Lewis and his producer. Um, we're all kind of hanging out in the same little bullpen interview spot the entire time. So I didn't see the, ex- I didn't see the whole thing. I think I saw the, the very end of the Brooks Bryson thing. I, I wasn't kind of paying attention. You don't know, like, Hey, better look over there. There's a viral video about to happen. Like, you, you know, it's just guys being interviewed everywhere. You're not like, man, I gotta go watch this Brooks interview because he might roll his eyes at Bryson. Yeah. You know? So what I can tell you about it is, from my knowledge, I didn't want to go on Twitter saying this, but I'll say it here. Uh, from my knowledge, uh, Bryson was walking past and fairly audibly was telling either his caddy or his coach or somebody else, I hit it great all day. I can't believe I didn't score better. And that's when Bryson's like, oh, man, here we go. Who kind of rolls his eyes. Um, and then he kind of lost his train of thought, which happens to all of us. Uh, Todd Lewis, the Golf Channel reporter, who I I really, and I I put this on Twitter, I really hope he doesn't bear any sort of responsibility or blame Mm -hmm. for this thing because he did absolutely nothing wrong. It's a taped interview. Your interview subject lost his train of thought. Uh, You don't just go, okay, well, running this anyway, to which Brooks really said, like, I don't really care. Yeah, Brooks didn't care. (laughs) And Todd, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to run this. So, you know, they do it over. Somehow this video got leaked. And, you know, it certainly wasn't Todd Lewis, certainly Mm -hmm. wasn't his producer. The video got out there and um, there's some people that are not going to be happy. There's some NBC mm-hmm. executives that are not going to be happy. There's some people in Camp Bryson that are not going to be happy. I don't know if Brooks cares or not. Brooks, Brooks doesn't care. I, Brooks probably doesn't care. Brooks is also the same guy who says, you know, when you say, hey, you got a chance this week? He goes, dude, my knee's really bad. Then you say, how bad's your knee? He goes, don't ask me about my knee, man. My <laughs> knee's fine. And so uh, yeah. Brooks can sit here and say he doesn't care. And then he's going to go, oh, man, I really care. I can't believe that got out and be like, oh, you do care. He's like, no, I don't care. Uh, he's going to Pick a lane. essentially give you the opposite of whatever um, yeah. take you're trying to kind of push there. So um, I, I don't know, you know, like 
I get it. It's a fun video to watch for people that don't know the dyna- dynamic uh, between them and between some other players. It's fine. I, it's not like he walked over and punched Bryson in the face. <laughs> he rolled his eyes at Bryson, which we all roll our eyes at Bryson all the time, um, which is fine. I mean, yeah, and it, you can and, see yeah. in the beginning, like when Todd is is starting, you can hear something in the background and you can see Brooks just give a glance over in Bryson's direction. So he must've been listening to him chirping for God knows how long. And then he walks behind him with metal spikes talking loudly. Like, yeah, yeah, this was someone that I didn't like very much that just came behind me. Even if it was someone I liked and you came behind me and you were talking loudly and I, you know, I'm in a position where I'm not thrilled or whatever. And it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. I yeah, um, I don't think it was the spikes. I, I could be wrong. I could. It, be it wasn't wrong. the spikes, but see that oh. I, the spikes are what picked up the most for the viewers. So that's what most yeah. of the comments I've seen. Like, oh, of course, Bryson walks behind his spikes on. You're right. That wasn't it. We couldn't hear what he was saying. That makes sense. That like what you were saying that you heard that he was saying about hitting it better and you know should have scored it or excuse me hitting it well and should have scored better. But um, I love the video. I think it's great. It exists. Honestly, I think it's good for Brooks. Like. It, and people kind of like that Brooks, like you said, doesn't care, but obviously he cares, but he doesn't care at the same time. And I don't know. I think it's funny. I just, I, the, the Twitter account it came from, I've like, I've never seen the Twitter account. I don't know how in two hours, an account with less than a thousand followers racked up 33,000 likes on a tweet. And now I think it has north of like 2 million views, 4 million views. So it's, uh, I can't wait to hear the gossip and find out who leaked that. There's a mole Mm-hmm. we've got to find the mole oh. um yeah i don't know how it got out apparently i don't know if i can say it. Uh, apparently where it was where it existed was a very password protected uh internal oh, site and vault. and it somehow got out of there i i don't know I, I i honestly don't know i don't know if we'll ever know unless the people involved come out and say here's how it happened here's why yeah. it happened but i mean i'm um, sure they certainly. can figure it out with like ip addresses and stuff and people's credentials i don't know I, I i'm i'm sure we'll hear a name yeah down i don't the, know if this comes down to like a you know, an official like police investigation or anything to like track this whole thing down but i'm gonna go uh, i will say <laughs> once again I, I hope that todd lewis and his producer andrew bradley don't uh bear any brunt of this yeah, because they're just out awesome there doing guys jobs. in the yeah. industry like they're two guys i i love i like drinking with them so i wouldn't want to see them <laughs> have anything bad happen to them that i can't drink with them anymore i, I may have had a drink with them this week as well mm. so uh, let's move on to the uh, the cra- uh, Charles Schwab. I almost did the Charles Schwab challenge. I, this has had so many bad different word. I, No, I almost said Crown Plaza. I know invita- it's a bad word. Is that the bad word? I don't know. I don't know because it's the old sponsor. Stop, yeah, stop changing your name all the time, and I'll get it right. I, <laughs> how about we just call it Colonial, which is what all the players I know. Uh, call it. So um, look at the odds board here. Uh, let's start at the top. Jordan Spieth plus ten fifty. Justin Thomas plus 1300, Colin Morikawa 15 to 1, answer 17 to 1. Finau 17 to 1. Those are some low numbers for some guys yeah. who don't tend to win. Patrick Reed 17 to 1, Berger 19, Corey Connors 19, Will Zalatoris 25, Joaquin Neiman 2650, Brian Harmon, Scotty Scheffler each at 30. Uh, I'll keep going. Billy Horschel 35, Kokrak, Justin Rose, Sungjae Im also 35. Charlie Hoffman, 40 to 1. Emiliano Grio, 45 to 1. Ryan Palmer, 50 to 1. That's enough before I read the entire odds board. So um, from that tier, uh, you know, let's start going through it, Amanda. Just, uh, Jordan Spieth, 
Um, this was sort of the dirty little secret in Camp Speed for years and years is that the Byron Nelson was the hometown event to give him his first start. And the one he's kind of loyal to, or at least has to be loyal to, Colonial is always set up way better for him. Yeah. He has six career top tens and eight starts. There's a reason why he's the favorite this week. Mm -hmm. um, it's not all just due to form, but course history as well. Mm -hmm. uh, what do we think of Spieth and who else do you like from this top of the board? Yeah, I I, I like Spieth being the outright. I'm, you know, 1050 is not a bad number because, you know, we're used to seeing when they put like DJ and stuff up there, it's like 800, 900. So I don't hate 1050. I would rather get him closer to 11 or 12 mm -hmm. personally. But I mean, you know, the course history here, you, you even to the top 10, it's plus 125 for a top 10. And you're still, I mean, it's a little better than even money. So I do like his numbers this week. Yeah. I, and I don't mind that play. Uh, look, we, we very often talk about the big plays. I, I like to gamble. And so I'm talking about like, you know, Hey, I kind of like this guy at 200 to one lottery ticket, but I don't think probably enough on the pod, on the gimme, like other mm. things that we do. We probably talk about like, Hey, if you were betting on an NBA playoff game and you had plus 125 on the money line, you took the underdog, you'd be like, Hey, they won. What a great payout. That was a nice, yeah. that was a really nice play in golf. Hey, Jordan Spieth for a top 10 on this score. I know it's not like a sexy play. I know it's not, Hey, yeah. wow. You're going to, you're going to be able to, you know, buy that new car you want because, <laughs> you know, put some money on Jordan Spieth top 10. Well, if you bet enough, you can uh, plus yeah. 125 though, for him to have a top 10, like I said, He's been top 10 in 75% of his starts at Colonial. Yeah. It's a pretty good play, Amanda. It, it really is. Because like you said, I mean, like I was saying earlier, when we see John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Daniel Berger, not Daniel Berger, I'm sorry, Dustin John, did I say Justin Dustin? When you see those guys, a lot of the time, it'll be like minus 110, minus 120 for, for top 10s. And it's like, I'm not betting that. Like, this is golf. It ain't the NBA. It ain't football. I'm not betting that. So I do like, I mean, you are getting good value on him. And and Justin Thomas, like the 13 to one number, I, he hasn't been around that number in a while. I don't feel like, I feel like he's been a little bit lower than that or high, which at like worse odds than that. Better odds. I don't know. Yeah, longer. You know longer what I mean? Odds. Longer yeah. odds. Uh, yeah. JT coming off the miscut. I, by the way, <laughs> all right, two things. First of all, this field is like, surprisingly sneaky good uh, it it's a lot better than i thought it was going to be and i really didn't even check it out until sunday night because uh because of just being busy at the pga championship but like sneaky good field mm -hmm. that said if you're going back and looking at course history from last year and saying man you know i like this guy as a mid-tier long shot kind of play he didn't really do much last year though remember last year this was the i believe it was the first event in the return to golf after a 14-week layoff and so everybody yeah. it looked like a major championship field. Like everybody mm -hmm. showed up. Cause like these guys are, I, I've been inside for 14 weeks. I need to get out and go play. Yeah. And so if you're looking at a guy who's like a mid tier player and you look and last year was 46 plays. That's not great. Remember he was going up against all the big boys last year. So a lot yeah. of them are still back. Uh, Colin Morikawa lost uh, missing that short putt mm -hmm. in the playoff to Daniel Berger last week. Uh, either of those guys, uh, guys that you like this week. I like Daniel Berger. I'm actually going to take him um, on the gimme on our Wednesday night show. I, I do like him. I mean, he won here last year. He plays well on these courses. I like his ball flight. Like he's just, to me, seems like a horse for this course. Um, so I like him. I don't love Colin Morikawa this week. He hasn't done as much in the last like two, three months as I really expected him to do. Like I, I want to say like when he went to Dubai in like January, 
his, he just hasn't since then. He's just kind of been playing mediocre. He makes cuts, but it's just been mediocre. Like it hasn't been, you know, Victor Hovland's been showing up every week. Jordan Spieth's been showing up every week. We just haven't seen that as much from Morikawa. So I actually don't love Morikawa top 20 for sure this week. Um, but he's, he's not giving me winning vibes. I'm not, you know, I don't like him 50 to one, 15 to one this week. So I didn't mention it off the top. I said Colonial's a predictive kind of course, but mm-hmm. um, this is a course for the ball strikers. Only I believe it's seventy two hundred. Doesn't even seem like it plays uh, that long. And so um, you're looking for the flushers. You're looking for guys who are really solid iron players who are going to play the best. Justin Thomas, the best iron player in the world, when he's on, he's coming off a miscut, which I almost make makes me like him a little bit more just because. I feel like he, he plays well when he plays mad. And so yeah. I, I, th- I feel like Justin Thomas, like coming off that chip on his shoulder, motivate. I mean, he was tweeting all weekend about Phil Mickelson winning the PGA and how excited he was as a golf fan. And I yeah. can see JT being a little motivated for that. Colin Morikawa, okay. obviously a great iron player. Mm-hmm. Berger's proven that. My two favorite plays at the top of the board. Uh, one is... Abraham answer. I mentioned it's, mm. I just don't love it outright. The guy's never won. He still hasn't won, but he's been eighth, fifth and second in his last three starts. So if you're looking for that top 10 plus 188 right now, top 10, I, I love that number for him to be top 10 and maybe even top five. And then my favorite play on the board, my favorite outright this week, the kid is going to win at some point, Amanda. He's got three top tens in three career major championships now. Will Zalatoris is really, really good. Yeah. We, we've talked for six months now about, oh, man, he doesn't have PGA Tour status and he won't get into the playoffs and how stupid is this? At some point, he's going to win and we're all going to go, okay, well, we can forget that conversation because now he yeah. gained status. And so 25 to 1, I think, is a great number on him. He's a Dallas kid. Uh, he's mm-hmm. one of the best ball strikers already out there. By the way, I spent a little time with him this past week. Not a lot. Thank you. interviewed him on Tuesday and just kind of spent a couple minutes talking afterwards and before – uh, what a nice kid. Uh, it was the just, first time you had talked to him, was it? Like private, you know, like yeah. not just in a press conference kind mm-hmm. of setting. First time we're just like kind of shooting, shooting the BS, you know, kind yeah. of hanging out a little bit. But yeah, what a good kid. Man, yeah, I just, I, really I, nice I, kid. Yeah, I think he is going to be Josh Gregory's like next prodigy. Like I know he's kind of moved away from Patrick Reed. Like they've kind of had that little separation. So I think, I think Will Zalatoris is... Uh, he is a good coach uh, in the Dallas area. And I, 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 I he's going to win this year before the year's over. I mean, he's going to win an event and still not make the FedEx cup playoff. Actually, no, he will. If he no, wins, he would he because it. he, right. You yeah. win, you get your card, but I'm just like, he's going to win something soon. And, um, be interesting to see but you know and we're getting decent numbers on him because for so long we were seeing him up in the tens, you know, up in the, whatever, in the teens. And it was like, Mm, no thanks I don't love that but one of the big moves of this week that I noticed was Patrick Reed Patrick Reed has not been getting good odds lately or he has been getting good odds lately um and then this week he's kind of closer to the top of the leaderboard we just haven't really seen him there in like a month or so I feel like not a place I feel like I really like Reed yeah I want Reed like ripping those uh those big draws uh I guess he's hitting more of a cut now but uh <laughs> I, I like when he's ripping those big draws off the tee when he can get up and down I, it's just not not a place where I would target Reed, but who knows? He's good enough to win anywhere. We say that's yeah. the best players in the world. But this next sort of the bottom of the top tier, uh, Billy Horschel. I, I thought he was a, a much bigger number than he is. I'm seeing 35 to one right now. I like him this week. I don't necessarily like him at 35 to one, but don't mind him for some DFS lineups and, and like Justin Rose, by the way, I spoke with Justin Rose a lot 
uh, after his final round, spent some time with him. Uh, he's going to get very hot very soon. He's brimming with confidence. He made 16 birdies on the weekend at Kiowa. That's shot a lot. 73 on Saturday, made a lot of mistakes on Saturday, shot 67 on Sunday. That's a whole lot of birdies for a guy who knows when he gets hot, he can get really hot. He won here a few years ago. I'd target him more, and I assume he's playing Memorial next week. I would target him more from Memorial, where he's also won before back in 2010. Um, and oh, by the way, uh, I always put them together because for whatever reason, that 2010 Memorial always sticks in my mind. Yeah. Uh, they didn't get in the U.S. Open, but Justin Rose and Ricky Fowler went 1-2 that week. Ricky is about to step on the gas pedal. I think he is. I. It was great to see him play well last week, um, you know, especially with everyone giving him shit about getting the, the exemption into the event. I think he deserved it. He's great for the game of golf. He drives ticket sales, and he's someone that should be there. And and I'm, I, I would love to see him start to play better. I just think it's the putter that's been holding him back. But I think, you know, he made putts this week, and I'm really excited to see where his game goes through the summer. We spoke a lot this past week. Like I said, I was doing – radio interviews most of the guys especially the guys that i know we do you know it's a little two-minute interview and they start to walk away hey so i'll see you later and we you know we might talk for a couple seconds as they're walking away that's it you know thanks mm-hmm. for doing that uh ricky each day he came in we talked and then he stood there and we just kind of hung out for 10 15 minutes and sometimes we talked golf sometimes we didn't and when we did talk golf i said to him i go it's coming soon isn't it he go yeah it's coming pretty soon this is like saturday afternoon mm. and i said you know I, i've got you targeted for for the open championship he's in because he was sixth place two years ago so you don't have to worry about qualifying played well at royal st george's the last time it was held there i said i, I got you kind of peaking there and yeah he kind of he looks at me and says, yeah i've i played well there i like that a lot and, and i could get the sense that the other part of that that he wasn't saying was but i ain't waiting two months to start yeah. playing my best golf <laughs> and so yeah. the next day he played really well again he was really mad at himself for uh, making bogey on the final hole, which wasn't playing as difficult as it had the first three days. Uh, I believe a par would have gotten him into the Masters. He, he, I, I know he wasn't happy about it. He'll get into the Masters. He'll get into the other stuff. I think he's going to play, start playing some really good golf. But uh, I said to him, look, I, I knew your good game, your good stuff was coming soon. I didn't realize it was like 24 hours away. He's like, yeah. oh, it's, it, it's really good right now. So, um, you know, but in any case, we're talking about Rose and Rose is another guy. Rose and Fowler are the two guys that I came away from spending a lot of time around players this past week and said, those are two guys that I'm going to be targeting over the next three or four weeks. We look I at love it. Colonial where Rose is playing, Fowler isn't. Uh, look at Memorial and then, of course, the U.S. Open in a few weeks as well. So uh, also, all right, moving down the list, Sungjae, like Sungjae, Charlie Hoffman, I like him, Miliano Grio. I like him. Don't love him. What about uh, Tringali? Yeah. I, I mean, he was leading after, you know, I hear whatever near the lead on Thursday and he just shows up. He's been consistent. He's on my Thursday all-star team, Amanda. <laughs> it, he starts great every single week. Sometimes yeah. he kind of keeps it going and sometimes he doesn't. He had, what do you, he went 10, seven, five on, yeah. I believe 16, 17, 18, starting on the back nine on Friday. <laughs> Um, so he can blow up with some big holes and, and go, uh, go south on the leaderboard in a hurry. But I, yeah, he's a guy, I, I, I have him targeted as my favorite FRL this week. And we're doing this before the tea times are out, but he gets a nice early morning tea time. Uh, Tringali's guy got targeted there. You like him better for the full, full thing? 
No, I like him for a top 20 this week, maybe even a top 10. But um, like, I think this is a better course for him than Kiowa because, uh, you know, he can score. We know he can putt. So I think as long as I mean, and he's a good ball striker, as long as he just hits it well this week. But I, I like him a lot for first round leader. I think that's a good one. All right. Mid-tier, like a uh, couple guys played well. Kevin Strillman played really well, 55-1. Yeah. Phil Mickelson played pretty well last week. He's 70 to one. Did he? I didn't hear anything about that. I I didn't either. Really sneaky. Got swept under the rug. Yeah. Uh, I look, I am not chasing Phil. Like I, I just, (laughs) I I will be wrong two weeks in a row on Phil. If he goes out and, 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 you know, picks another one off. I just, uh, I don't know. We, we, we sold on Phil last week. Um, If you want to go buy Phil and chase it this week, that's fine. Uh, By the way, Everyone is going to be on Phil for the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. It, I know. He knows so well, and he's coming off a major win. And even if it's, you know, even if the books are racking up these $2, $4 tickets on Phil Mickelson outright, and if he wins, I'm just going to frame it and hang it on my wall because that's going to be the coolest ticket that I'll ever win where Phil gets a career grand slam. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I'm not saying he can't do it. All I'm saying, Amanda, is that, if a week ago you had asked me if Phil Mickelson was going to win another major championship, I would have said, no, I, yeah. I don't think he is. So now that he's won one, it's really hard for me to go. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely going to win another one. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. He's going to get I mean, seven, eight, nine. It's just, I, it was a great story for this past weekend. I can see Phil playing well at Tory Pines, but if you want to go all in and say like, man, he's going to finally get that U S open at Tory in his hometown when he turns 51 that week. Like that's a lot. That's a lot going yeah. on right there. I feel like the, Phil's last three majors were surprising when he beat Lee Westwood on Sunday in 2010 at the Masters. Did mm-hmm. anyone think Phil was going to win that? Be- I mean, 2010, Phil was 40. Like, we, right. you know, why would Phil have won a major at 40? This is Action Network podcast producer Matt Mitchell here to tell you our friends at BetMGM have a great new sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. Here's how it works. If you don't already have an account at BetMGM, just sign up, make your first deposit, and place that initial wager. If the bet wins, you get all the money. If it doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the features gamblers like us love, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, they're compatible with BetSync, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Getting back to, by yes. the way, Siwoo Kim is a guy that I'm looking at 70 to one criminally undervalued every single week. He didn't play well last week, which I was surprised. Pete Dycourse plays Pete Dycourse as well, but uh, Siwoo Kim like him ball striker, good ball strikers course, Matt Wallace, uh, maybe not the greatest course for him, but he's moving up. Uh, one guy I really like hundred to one. As we start moving down this list, Taylor Gooch, mm. great ball striker. I was surprised. I looked at the list, Amanda, 
55th on the PGA Tour in strokes gain on approach shots. Really? With our farthest year. I would have thought he was like top 20, top 25. But, surprising. Um, but still, I, you know, the proof is in the eye test. And, and Taylor Gooch looks like a guy that uh, is pretty good, obviously, with his irons. Anybody else in like that kind of range? Before we get to like some super long shots, anybody else in that range you like? Yeah, I'm liking Gary Woodland. I think he's another guy that's close to playing well again. Like he's was it Byron, the Byron Nelson that he played pretty mm-hmm. well. And then, um, so I, I like him. I, you know, he's getting, he's moving up the leaderboard and I like Matt Wallace a lot too. He's my first round leader pick for this week. Brandon Grace is another one that I think could play well. It's like funny. You see these South Africans and they all play well at the same courses, like Brandon Grace, Louis Tazen, Christian Bezween Wheat, all up there this week at Kiowa. Like I, I kind of like Brandon Grace this week, actually. Okay. I like those. Uh, you're right about Woodland. I do think Woodland's going to start playing some really good golf. I liked him a lot last week. Uh, played well, hung in there a little bit. Um, and, and he has, I, I know we tend to look at Woodland and say big, strong guy. He's an athlete. He played basketball, you know, and know. you know, all the Topeka state or stuff. Something. Um, I will say that Gary Woodland and to an extent, Tony Finau and Jason Kokrak as well, all tend to play some of their better rounds of golf on shorter golf courses. So I, I think the, the lean here is we look at guys who aren't power players, the guys who can just keep it in the fairway that, Hey, this is a chance for the shorter hitters this week to show off their stuff. And this is one of the, you know, four or five chances on the PGA tour each year where uh, the course sets up for the guys who don't hit it 320 off the tee. And yet you go and look at guys like that, whether it's, Woodland, Kokrak, Finau, all of whom have played really good golf on really short courses. And you say, you know what? Maybe the advantage is for the long hitter on a short course because he they can just rip four irons off the tee all day and keep themselves in play and, and not have to worry about it too much. So uh, I, I don't mind that play at all. There's some guys with big numbers that I do like, Amanda. First one I'll give you, I, big, beautiful, the big rig, whatever mm. we're calling them these days. Uh, we had Scott Van Pelt on our radio show on Wednesday, and he had just spoken with Harry Higgs. Harry Higgs was on the range. We were set up on the right side of the range, and uh, SVP came over, and he goes, man, I just met Big Rig. He goes, I, I had to meet him because I'm calling him the Big Rig on our show on SportsCenter, and I had to make sure he liked it. And he goes, Harry Higgs comes up to me, gives me a big hug. He's like, man, you can call me whatever you want. I watch your show all the time. So he just seems like, and I don't know Higgs at all, but from everything I've heard from a lot of people, he's. I've, uh, I've spent, I've, I've spent some time with him and okay. some of the other guys and they're, they're a great group. They're funny. They're always down for a good time. Like they're just, they're cool. They're a good group of guy. Like guys posting Aaron Fleener, Damon, yeah. they're all, they're all good guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think Higgs uh, coming off that T4 at Kiowa, his awesome. first career major start, which was awesome, yes. And then uh, going back to his hometown of Dallas, this should be a good week for him. Looking further down the list, uh, Matt McNeely plays some of his better golf. Uh, played really well at Pebble, where he was runner-up. Played really well at mm-hmm. uh, Hilton Head, where he was, I believe, fourth place. Uh, there's a definite correlation there where I think McNeely can play some good golf. And then Matthew Neesmith, another guy, he's eighth on the PGA Tour in strokes gained on approach shots Mm. this year. Matthew Neesmith is sort of like surprisingly, sneakingly, sneakily good. Um, He's got five straight made cuts, nothing where it's like, wow, he's, you know, finishing top 10, top 15 every week. But, uh, you know, for a a bottom of the lineup DFS player, for a top 20, top 30 type player, like 
Neesmith this week. What, what about you, Amanda? These long shots, anybody sticking out to you there? So Dylan Fratelli, 175 to one. He's another South African guy. He's been playing pretty well lately. I think this is a good course for him. Doug Gim is also in the 100s, um, Texas kid. JT Poston's been playing really well. Peter Uline just won on the Corn Ferry Tour. Mm-hmm. And I like Rory Sabatini. I, I know he's won in Texas. Like, yeah, I like Rory Sabatini a lot for a top 10 this week. I would suggest taking a good, long, hard look at the strokes gained approach metric this week and looking at maybe uh, proximity to the hole from 125 to 150 uh, should be another good stat for people this week. I think the guys that can play their wedges, nine irons, eight irons really well and fire them close to the pin. Those are the guys that we're going to be targeting this week. All right, Amanda, you ready to make the DraftKings lineup? Of course. All right. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him. And you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because, God damn it, that's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting. All right, so I am going to go with Corey Connors to start. I like that play. Why? He's won in Texas before. He's been playing really well. I was surprised he didn't play a little bit better last week. I would have loved to have seen him, him win last week. But he's just been playing well lately. And it's it's... I am having trouble fading Corey Connors until Corey Connors proves to me that I have to fade him. Because okay. right now there's nothing indicating I should be fading him. I, I think for DFS purposes, he is a nice safe play right now. Like mm-hmm. I, Corey Connors doesn't really blow up in, in a, on a course where iron play is going to be um, so relevant, so important this week. I, I think that he's got a chance to, he's got a better chance of finishing top 10 than missing the cut. I think uh, how's, I how's that for, you know, a, a high, high ceiling, high floor type play. All right, you spent some money. I'm going to spend some money because I think there's some value we can find later on the board. Uh, give me Willie Z. I'm going Zalatoris, my favorite play off the board at 9,900. You're going with Bill Balatoris? Okay. Yes. I, I like that. So I'm actually going to go down a little bit. I'm going to go with Kevin Kisner. I know that's Ooh. way down there, Ooh. a little bit out of left field. Unless you don't like that, unless you're hearing stuff that I'm not hearing. I haven't heard anything, but you look at Kisner with uh, five straight missed cuts right now, and it's just not happening oh, for him. And he's missing just cuts. Just kidding. Badly. I take that back. 77 77 last week on a course, which I guess didn't shoot uh, suit him that well. But South Carolina guy, he'd been to Kiowa before, yeah. he played the golf course. I, something is not quite right with Kisner. You look at it, let's see, going back over those five events, uh, going back before the Players' Championship. He has one sub 70 round. In fact, one sub par round. Okay. Uh, I take to... all of this back and right. this you will all get up. deleted. Look, I, that, that said, maybe there's value in him as a past champion, a course that should suit his skill set. I'm not trying to talk you out of it. I just, that's one of those. I'm, I'm sort of just kind of talking through it, not talking yeah. you out of it, but that yeah, was last what... 10 scores. Let's see. 75, 75, 72, 77, 72, 73 at, at Hilton head, which should suit him. 6874 7777. You can do it if you want. It's not great. You can do it if you want. I, I'm not gonna talk you out of it because the minute I talk you out of it, Kevin Kisner is gonna finish T4 this week. I'm never gonna hear the end of it. Okay. All right. We're uh we'll just I guess we'll take Kiz, but I was gonna take Joel Damon. So anyone who's listening, there's an asterisk next to Kiz, and instead of taking Kisner, you can take Joel Damon. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. 
There's just certain names that pop up to me and I remember seeing the name and I don't put money on it. And then come Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the names are top 20, top 10. And I just want to punch myself in the face. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, I'm trying to go value or hunch. Uh, I'm going between two guys here. Siwoo Kim, I mentioned, I, I just think there's too much value on him. I mean, mm. Siwoo Kim at 7,600, uh, I get it. He missed the cut last week. The Nelson, he wasn't great, 55th. Before that, he finished 33rd, 12th, 23rd, 9th. That's solid. Uh, I like him. Last week really throws me off, though, missing a cut on a Pete Dye course where he's played yeah. well before. So I go a little bit lower. I, I think it's going to be a good Taylor Gooch week. He's been playing really well. He's been knocking on the door for uh, something seriously good for a while. At 7,300, I'm going to throw Taylor Gooch in there. I like that. I like that. Actually, I like that play a lot. Um, I am going to go with Matt Wallace. He has been playing well in Texas. The last two events in Texas, Matt Wallace has played well. He almost won the Valero. So um, I really, I just love Matt Wallace. He's another guy. I ain't fading him until I get like blaring signals that say, do not bet him. (laughs) All right. I like that. Uh, Again, a guy that I didn't mention before, but. Um, we're sitting here right at 8,000 if we want to use up all the money, which I don't love doing, but Brian Harmon um, mm. didn't make the cut last week. Not a course that should suit him that well. Before that, 18th at Quail, 13th at Hilton Head, mm-hmm. 12th at Augusta, 3rd at the Players. I mean, this guy who's playing some really solid golf right now, and, and this course should suit him really well. If Brian Harmon, 23rd last year, 31st the year before, 14th, 7th, 25th, 10th, 30th missed cut back in 2012. So if you're not too turned off by that missed cut in 2012, he's been 31st or better in the last seven starts at this event, plays it every single year, a uh, bunch of red numbers on the board. So yes, Brian Harmon is, uh, is my guy this week. Corey Connors, Taylor Gooch, Brian Harmon, Kevin Kisner, Matt Wallace, Will Zalatoris, using up all the money in that lineup. I, I do like that, Amanda. I think that's a strong lineup. Yeah, and this week's kind of a tough lineup because you have a lot of really good like middle tour middle tier players. You don't have all the top 10s, top 15s in the world, but like you have a lot of really really good top 100 players in the field this week, top 200 players. And and I so I think it's going to make making the lineups a little bit more difficult than the weeks where you have, you know, you could take two of the top guys and then a few other guys that are you know, this week are really expensive, but like other weeks are not quite as expensive. So weeks like this are a little bit more difficult, in my opinion, making the yeah. lineups. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like we said, surprisingly good field. So you look there, you know, okay, there's a lot of value, but then you look at it and say, can Justin Thomas win this week? Yeah, absolutely. Can Jordan Speed? Yeah, I'm going to, Jordan Speed's going to be in a lot of my lineups. Can Colin Morikawa do something special like he did last year? Yeah. Daniel Berger defending Jack? Yeah. Like there's not a whole lot of guys, even at the top, that you look at and say, He's just a, a no play for me. You know, he's just like a non-starter, uh, doesn't make any of my lineups, put him at zero on the optimizer and um, and he's not getting in there. It's like you can you can see a scenario in which all of those top tier players can play well this week. Yes. All right. That was fun. Uh, thanks once again for filling in for Jay Ray. Thanks for having me. We got the gimme Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, as always. Uh Got our friend Will Gray joining us this week to fill in for Justin. Can't wait for that. Peter. Go Gators. Jennings. was. Hey, there's a lot of Gator chomping on this thing. Yeah, expect- you poor UCF Knight over there. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, wait, so- where did you go to school? 
I went to uh, Brandeis. Louis Brandeis, the first Jewish uh, Supreme Court justice, right? There you go. All right. Took me a while, Made but I got there. there. That was Took good. me a while Amanda. to park the car, but I ended up parallel parking. It's fine. There you go, Amanda. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks to everybody out there for listening. Good luck with all of your plays for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge. Remember, you can find all our content on Golf Bet this week and every other week. Here's hoping you guys all hit the green. We're finished talking.